action. Welcome to the whole equestrian podcast. We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. Discussing topics related to mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. Our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses. I'm Emily Hamill, a four-star level eventer, dedicated practitioner of yoga, Pilates, and meditation, personal development enthusiast, and plant-strong athlete. And we are recording this in the comforts of my own home in Pennsylvania. And I am Tyler Held. I'm a professional groom and mental toughness coach, a lifelong learner in the areas of mindset, positive thinking, and motivation. I'm a fitness and nutrition enthusiast, and I practice daily meditation. So really excited to be doing this episode. Decided to go live on Instagram while we record it. So if you missed that um, and you're listening back to it, sad day for you but can they see this like i don't think back so no. later 24 no. hours yeah i don't know how up. this works um, <laughs> <laughs> clearly well anyways we're going to get into our actual podcast here so if you haven't listened to the podcast before welcome and if you have welcome back as we said in our introduction our mission is to promote health and happiness through our love of horses And we do this by discussing topics related to our four pillars, mindset, fitness, nutrition, and community. In our main episode, which we release one every month, we talk about goal setting, books, 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 the main topic, listener questions, and actionable advice. We've also released a few guest episodes, so be sure to check those out. All right, should we jump into our first segment for the show, Emily? Yes. So our first segment... I guess we just call goals. 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 And and we talk about our word of the year to yes. like kind of connect to that. So I know Emily's word of the year is believe. So how has believe been treating you recently? Um, well, it's it's been good. You know, I think it was actually a good word to pick for multiple reasons. I'm like originally I was really on it for all these big plans I had this year, but now things have changed and but it's still a good word because I have to believe that it's all going to work out eventually right um and so one way that it's kind of helped recently is I got a new horse and it maybe you guys saw it on Instagram um but it was kind of a leap of faith and it was I bought this horse from a friend and like it was just off of like word of mouth um pictures a six second long video so it was like a big thing for me to just be like yeah I'll take it but I had to believe that like based on what I knew about the horse and based on who it was coming from that um, I have the ability to make it work and so far so good I love him he's amazing that's awesome I hope it all works out with that yeah me too I believe it will though oh good believe (laughs) it's all coming around believe So, um, as far as my goals for the year, one of my goals was to do a yoga teacher training. Right. And I finally committed to one. I was having kind of a hard time figuring out how to do it because most of them are in person, um, or they were, I should say. Right. It was, like, not conducive to my schedule at all. You know, it's, like, really long hours or, like, a whole weekend you have to commit and that just wasn't working for me so enter Cole um anyway with the whole COVID thing um the yoga alliance decided to recognize online yoga teacher training and so um it seemed like the perfect time to jump in and do that because I can literally do it on my own schedule and just make it work for me and so far I'm really loving it I'm in the first module, which is all about anatomy, which has been super interesting. So, and I'm like, just learning so much about my body alignment and like how, how I carry myself probably has affected like the back issues that I had last year. I'm like, oh, I wish I would have known this a while ago, but, um, so it's been great and it's a lot of work that I am trying to fit into my schedule, but I'm going to make it happen. So yeah, I'm I think, enjoying it. I think that all that anatomy stuff is really good. It will help you have a greater appreciation as well for the horses and how they move. And like, not that necessarily you're learning horse anatomy, but that's, I always like when the body workers are here learning how 
everything works in one motion, like, really helps you understand preventing injuries and, like, you know, keeping horses at the top level, so. For sure. That's awesome. Yeah. So what about you, Tyler? How, uh, how's your word of connection been working out? Well, first it was a little bit difficult as we were supposed to be, you know, social distancing and not, uh, not really being connected to each other, but... I really did find that um, the time away from, you know, not having a horse show to go to every weekend allowed me Mm -hmm. to kind of adjust my schedule and, you know, focus more on some of the relationships in my life. So I I actually am feeling very grateful um, and connected to the people in my lives and as well as the horses in the barn. Like sometimes if you're just like constantly packing the trailer, unpacking the trailer, go, 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 you don't get to spend the time like just going over them and, you know, yeah. giving them the nice baths where you just don't feel like you're rushing to the next thing. So, right. um, I feel really solid in that area of my life as well. Um, and one of my goals, Emily is like dreading this part of the episode. Uh, we're going to just go with it. We're going to go with it though, because it. I made a goal for myself to go on at least one date a month which kind of went out the window when COVID happened because I was like well what kind of date are you going to go on when the world is closed and also like strangers no not not a good time but um as like restrictions are starting to ease I was like okay well maybe we can start this whole dating thing again and I don't know usually I wouldn't meet a stranger in a park but that's the <laughs> that's the new dating that's scene. the new dating scene I love it so. I mean it was during daytime right yes not yeah like it was meeting a guy completely daytime and honestly like the parks are the most packed place right now like I think it's the safest place that you can go with a stranger um so I went on one date with a um with a guy at a park and you know whatever we we walked around I wasn't sure of it and my friends were like Tyler you're always too quick to judge after the first date Emily here included give it a second try so they opened some patio seating our favorite restaurant the whip was open for patio seating so I convinced Emily here to go on a triple date with me, my Tinder date, and uh, two of my friends from jujitsu as well, and Emily and her husband. And uh, I, it was an interesting choice. I mean, the guy was nice. He was I had no problem. Very, like, he was very, a very nice guy. Maybe almost too nice. But you can't, you know. If you're listening, you know who you are. I thought you were a very nice gentleman, and just not for Tyler. Yeah, just a little too quiet for me, so, um. But let's move on. But there we go, I checked off a goal of going on, I think I'm almost caught up, like, the one month or, what, two months that I probably couldn't get a date, like, I've had dates to make up for that, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna call that goal in progress and going well. Yeah, yep, and so we'll see what is happening on the, oh, Oh, it just said poor connection, but we're back. Okay, we're good. Okay. Okay, so that's that. You're going to keep on keeping on keep with on, the dating. Keep on on. Yeah. Um, all right, so our next section is one of our favorites. Books, books, books. Books, books, books. Yeah. What have you books. been reading, Emily? Um, or I, listening to, because Emily's cheating on books, books, books right now. I am still reading, but Audible has just become a really easy way for me to, like, get more books in. Um... So I don't even feel bad about it. I'm still actually reading, but just audibling a little bit more. So I have been reading The Power of Now. I talked about it briefly in the last episode because I literally just started it. Um, But now I am almost finished. I'm really sad to say I haven't finished this in a month, but like I just, I read a couple pages at night and then I pass out and I was like, I just can't get through it. It's a great book though. I like it. So, and it's really helped to strengthen uh, my meditation practice, and so I think that that's, because it's just, it's what it says, it's the power of now, so staying in the moment, being present, all of that, I've been able to apply that to the meditation practice every morning, and then it's also had some tools of like bringing my focus back throughout the day. 
and then I'm going to read one um, quote here, well, a little section, I guess I should say, and I think this is fitting for our theme today, which is bad habits. So it says, see if you can catch yourself complaining in either speech or thought about a situation you find yourself in, what other people do or say, your surroundings, your life situation, even the weather. To complain is always non-acceptance of what is. It invariably carries an unconscious negative charge. When you complain, you make yourself into a victim. When you speak out, you are in power. So change the situation by taking action or speaking out if necessary or possible. Leave the situation or accept it. All else is madness. So I don't know, that like I love resonated that. with me. Yeah, lot. we're gonna talk about a lot about complaining today. Yeah, because that is a bad habit for most people, for I would sure. say. Absolutely. Um, so that's that. It's been been fun. Almost done. I'll have another book for next time. Um, but then what I've been listening to on Audible is Steve Jobs. It's a biography. It's just called Steve Jobs. That's it? <laughs> That's it. Steve Jobs. Uh, Steve Jobs uh, by Walter Isaacson. And for those of you who've been living under a rock, Steve Jobs like co-founded Apple. Okay, so... <laughs> Did you know? Have you yes, I, I did know that. I do live under a rock, well, but I know who Steve Jobs okay. is. Anyway, so I decided on this book just because, like, a couple other podcasts that I've listened to always mention this book, and I do find other people's life stories fascinating, and he's obviously, like, a genius, um, and there's a lot going on there. It The book, it's, like, really describes the intricacies of his personality and I'm always fascinated by how people find their success and like he obviously found a lot of success right so um the one thing though is he's clearly brilliant but he doesn't always use this brilliance in the kindest of ways like there's some stories and you're like hmm you're smart but maybe not the best person and like in the future well past now when he was older is what I should say you know he recognizes how he like made mistakes um but it is what it is like he learned from him he got where he was and whatever but I just I found it really interesting I'm actually not done because it's a long book it's like 24 hours of audio thanks so I'm like maybe halfway through but um the one big thing that I found interesting was he was always saying how he wanted to make a dent in the universe, and I think Apple probably did that. Like, it shook up the whole tech industry, and yeah, so it's definitely a different book for me, but I'm finding some good takeaways. So, what about you? Okay, so last month I read a sports psychology textbook, and um, it was just kind of one of my goals to, I'm starting my doctoral program next month, I think July 8th my classes start, and so I just wanted to read some of the required um, readings before, and actually it's funny, like a lot of the little books that I've read, like uh, Mind Gym and Grit and everything like that um, are on, on the list, so I feel a little bit ahead of the game, oh, but thanks. I wanted to get a little extra ahead of the game. Um, and, you know, the sports psychology textbook just went through a, a lot of the things that we talk about on here a little bit more in depth, um, visual, visualization and, um, you know, team dynamics and stuff like that. So it was really interesting. Um, I also read a book called Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which I don't think I talked about on last episode. I think I read it's that. It's not even in the, your notes here. Uh, well, I just remembered that script. I read that uh, <laughs> that book, um, which which was really interesting. It it goes through like a group of um, people in Silicon Valley, and it like is kind of uh, it's not real, but it tells the stories of what a dysfunction in a team could be. And I like books like that that like are telling you a story through fiction, but it's like a non-fiction yeah. message that pulls right. through it. Um, and it's definitely like took, gave me some thoughts to reflect on on like how the barn's running and how our team 
is is going and what kind of dysfunctions that we could have um but probably like the book that i'm most excited to talk about was called little girls in pretty boxes and it was all about the making and breaking of elite gymnasts and figure skaters and basically like what happened to the girls that like didn't make the team so these are like 12 to you know 20 year olds that are putting their lives completely on the line for a sport um and like gym gymnasts and figure skaters are are notoriously known for you know being very uh small and these girls are putting their bodies through extreme measures to ward off puberty they've got coaches that are telling them they're fat and that they you know can't do the sport if they grow like they're supposed to there's one girl who works so hard through injury that she ends up going to this big competition in japan and because she's so malnourished and overtrained she breaks her neck and um becomes paralyzed she dies like three years later um yeah i mean it goes it goes through the eating disorders it goes through the like suicide attempts and it's literally like you know the, the book is called little girls in pretty boxes because you know we see this image of them as like grace and beauty but you don't get this backstory of the pressures that they put themselves through to get there um and not that like you know I want to like expose any like you know miss happenings in the horse industry like to some level I do think that there are sacrifices that are made for our sport as well and um you know it, it was just an interesting kind of thought there when was that written? Before Safe Sport? Yes, before Safe Sport. It, it actually, I think, was... I'd have to look it up, but it was definitely, like, yeah, at least ten years ago, if not. Well, more. my question is, like, where are the parents? Like, yeah. How are the parents not, like, this is not okay for my child? There was know? actually a whole chapter on parental pressure, mm-hmm. and there is one, there was one guy who literally gave up custody of his child to a skating coach so that his child could like go be a world-class skater and like from the sound of it it basically like at the beginning the girls seemed to like like and enjoy the sport but then like as like the pressure surmounts they lose touch with it and you know yeah are basically just like consumed by pressure um that does not sound enjoyable. No, but the book was just, like, really eye-opening because, you know, like, as someone who is constantly, like, trying to strive for being the best version of myself, sometimes you have to, like, take a step back and realize that the best version of yourself might not necessarily be the people that society idolizes. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of, I mean, you know... Like, in any right yeah exactly huh um and then I read or I'm reading astrophysics by for people in a hurry which is by Neil deGrasse Tyson and if you never if you ever just want to feel like what you do is unimportant read about the cosmos (laughs) (laughs) there you go so so books 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 (laughs) and that wraps that up so main topic today is bad habits We all have them, um, totally normal, but how can we address them and hopefully change things for the better? Yeah, so we're going to kind of go through like three bad habits that like the general population faces, like three, three bad habits that it doesn't matter if you're a horse person or, you know, Joe who's there is a cat in the lawn or Joe who's mowing his lawn next door. These are all bad habits that we can all have. And then we're going to go through three bad habits that you can have in the saddle, which is going to be led by Emily here. And then I'm going to go over, uh, three mindset things. I feel like our Instagram live are getting a good idea of how I talk with my hands right now. Yes. So yes, that happens a lot. (laughs) So, um, our first, bad habit that we want to cover is overeating which I am totally guilty of very guilty of 110% um who out there is also guilty of that everybody okay (laughs) 
Thanks, Emily. You're welcome. Um, I find it, like, especially after a long day at the barn. Yeah. And if I haven't prepared um, food and, like, eaten throughout the day, I just get home and I'm, like, so starving and calorie depleted that I just eat too much. And I usually eat, like, good food, but, like, even if you're eating good food, you can still eat too much of it. Yeah, and that's, like, I have um, one podcast that I listen to and like the whole like nutrition basis is like eat real food not too much and I always feel like I can get the like eat real food thing and the the not too much ends up being a little bit difficult that is harder um but I think a lot of time it's taking into account like what is causing you to overeat um so like like Emily said sometimes it's lack of preparation if you go out throughout your day and you're not eating properly throughout your day then that leads to overeating at night and Emily um I know in the winter went through her calories and was like wow I'm not, I'm not eating, eating enough, enough. Yeah. calories um and so if you're if you're fit and you're active in the barn not eating enough calories can be a huge issue yep eat eat Real, Real food, food, mainly plants, not too much. It's Michael Pollan. Yeah. yeah. We, we both read that book, which we talked about last yeah, year. So, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I find the biggest thing, and we kind of touched on it, but planning ahead, eating throughout the day. I try to, like, eat every three hours like a baby, maybe. I don't even know how often babies eat, but maybe that often. <laughs> it's hard <laughs> to say. Um, anyway, so I always make sure I pack food for the day at the barn um, because you do not want to see me hangry but when you do that it makes it easy to then just eat yeah and I think we've talked about too like um, you know am I eating because I'm actually hungry or am I eating because I'm bored right now so like sometimes if you know you don't have anything to do after work naturally like you're just going to be sitting around and we had one of our listeners ask about this too like oh I'm working from home now like what do I do when the kitchen's right there it's just such like a bad habit and another thing that you can do is to replace like your bad habit so you know if you want to go eat do 10 jumping jacks instead or another pro tip is after you're done eating dinner go brush your teeth Yes. Because you're not going to want to eat with your toothpaste mouth. Mm -hmm. So. Yes. I've actually used that before. Yeah. It works well. Yeah. You got to go run to the bathroom, brush your teeth. And conscious eating is key. That's 110% true. Like, basically, I don't know. I feel like if I'm not, like, actually paying attention to what I'm eating, I can, like, scarf down a whole meal. And then I'm still hungry because I didn't actually enjoy the food. And then I go and eat more. And before I'm able to, like, my body's able to actually be like, hey, by the way, the meal that you just shoved down your face filled you up, I'm already eating, like, 16 other things because I just, like, didn't think about it at all. Yeah, I have, especially on road trips, I will get into, like, anything that's salty and crunchy, so some form of chip, right? And, like, if I'll, I'll just be driving along and just keep putting it in my mouth and I'm like by the half I don't know half an hour into the trip I've gone through a whole bag of chips you know but if I really what I try to do is like I'll just take one at a time and like I won't put another one in until I'm finished eating that one and then it just works beautiful (laughs) so there you go anything else genius I don't know what was I think it was the toothpaste the toothpaste (laughs) That was more genius than my one chip at a time, but, you know, that's okay. All <laughs> uh, right. Um, anything else on that subject? I think I think that's, uh, you know, just be mindful. It's, it's a process. Don't judge yourself too hard if you do fall into the trap of overeating, but don't make it a habit of it. And yes, yes the toothpaste. The toothpaste. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, so the second bad habit that, you know, most people can fall into that we're going to talk about is procrastination why do what today today what you could put off to tomorrow right that's a thing yeah that is a thing um I am definitely also guilty of this um but usually mine my procrastination is because I want to do something really well 
Yeah. You know? And so, like, I think about how to do it really well, and then, like, just, like, think about it too much instead of doing, and, um, that's my issue, really. It's, like, it's part of perfectionism, almost. Like, I put it off because I want to do it so perfect, but, like, I always get it done, but it'll be, like, last minute when I'm forced to do it. Um, but this is why, uh, my word last year was action, and that helped me out. So taking action instead of just like thinking about how to do something perfectly. I, you know okay, I mean? yes, like, I. That's why I procrastinate. I know that's why I procrastinate. Yeah. But why do you procrastinate? Well, I actually might be the anti-procrastinator. Like yeah, I. You. What is that? I don't know, but <laughs> like. Uh, get it done earlier I'm yeah the overachiever like let's do this right now and so like as you guys know I read 52 books last year and like I tend to if I set a goal like I don't I don't procrastinate on it like this although I will say I have been procrastinating one of my goals this month is to write uh, or this year is to write a blog post per month and I have kind of been pushing those off to the end of the month but you're still doing it. But I'm still getting it done. Yeah. I'm still getting it done. And I kind of, like, think and marinate on the idea all month. Yeah. Um, but I still hit that deadline. Um, and I think that chunking is really important. Like, if you have a goal um, to think about, like, you know, what's it going to take to get done. So, for example, I said, I'm going to read a sports psychology textbook that was the month of June. I was like, I have this 600-page fo- textbook, and I want to read it in the month of June. So if you take a 600-page t- page textbook all you have to do is divide that by 30 days by the way you only have to read 20 pages a day now reading 20 pages of a textbook is a lot like it takes a time you have to sit down and do it but for an entire month all I did first thing when I woke up in the morning was read 20 pages of the textbook and I think that's really important like if you think you're going to be the kind of person to put things off put things off put things off just take a really good look at okay, how much time is this actually going to take me to get done? Mm -hmm. And then chunk it down because if you procrastinate and now all of a sudden you need to get, you know, something read, you're going to have to spend hours and hours on it. I I personally would rather spend the 35 minutes a day instead of, you know, six stressful hours in one day. Yeah. No, I agree with that. And um, I've kind of used that a little bit in my yoga teacher training now. So... It's like a 200 hour and 500 hour credit, or not credit, but like certification. So I'm doing my 200 hour first, and so I have until the end of September to get that done. So you just divide, you know, that, and roughly I have to do like 10 hours a week. So yeah, breaking it down I think is really, really helpful so it's more manageable instead of like this big, big thing. Yeah. And, like, sometimes things are scary. I think, like, procrastination also, I don't know, like, just set goals so that you actually do it and, like, hold yourself accountable to them. Um, Like, one of my goals last year was, like, to take a jiu-jitsu class. And, like, again, that's something I'm, like, I've always wanted to do this. And I just, like, kept putting it off, kept putting it off, kept putting it off. And then all of a sudden I have, like, this goal on a piece of paper and I'm, like, oh... I'm going to achieve that goal yeah. you know like the once it's written down it's official you like want to hold yourself accountable to it and that is something that like completely changed my life for sure um the power of writing something down is huge yeah all right does that cover that I think so I wish I I wish I procrastinated more no you but don't no it's kind of stressful <laughs> Okay. Yeah, it can be stressful, but it also can, like, bring out really good work. Some people, like, thrive on procrastination. Like that deadline? It's that, like, deadline, adrenaline rush, like, you have to get it done. I Like, I'm a little bit like that. I Did think. you ever have to pull an all, all-nighter in college? No. No, I never. No, I never, I never studied past, like, 8 p.m. I mean, I've, like, studied till midnight or something, oh, but I never, never. did, like, an all-nighter. Never. I was like, I know this material. Like, I would, like, do my studying, and then, like, 8 o'clock, I'd watch some Netflix, go to bed, do it all again the next day. You were a good student. You weren't out partying like some other people. No, 0%. (laughs) Um, All right. So, third 
bad habit we're going to cover today, which is another common one, is overpacking your schedule, um, which can then lead to rushing. I feel like this is the big one. I, for me, for sure. And I, I'm not completely perfect at it yet. I'm actually still a, a, an overpacker. But I think it's really important to remember, especially as like the world is slowly starting to open back up, that we should, you know, remind ourselves not to overload ourselves. Yeah. Um, for me, it happens all the time because I just have so much that I want to get done. You know, so I'm like, okay, well, I can do this in a half an hour and then this, like, immediately after. And, you know, you just try to get it all in. And, like, usually I can make it all happen. But then at the end of the day, I'm totally drained because I'm, like, just energizer bunny all day and then crash. Um, but, yeah, I think, I forget, Brendan Bruchard's book that I gave you. Yeah, I, which I haven't read yet. But Yeah, um... Anyways, he talks about, you know, like, giving yourself transition periods between each task, and I've started to try to do that, like, even if it's just a minute or two, but just really being like, okay, I did this, and I'm going to do this, and just trying to work in a little, little break time between each thing. Well, and I think the whole concept of mindfulness fits really well into this idea of, you know, overpacking your schedule being a bad habit, um, and... It's not necessarily like just overpacking your schedule, but it's it's when you overpack your schedule to the point that when you're doing something, you're thinking about all the other things that you have yeah. to do or want to do or you know like if you can't be fully involved in the moment and focused on the task that's in front of you because you have overpacked your schedule so much that you're stressed out about it, that's when it's a bad habit. Um, yeah. if you, if you've packed your schedule, like, you know, we're, we're people that like to be busy. There's nothing wrong with being busy as long as, you know, when you're at the barn riding your horse, like you're riding your horse and then right. you've set aside time after work to do your business book work or, um, you know, like you have to realize that if you set aside time to spend with your friends and family, that's time that you aren't learning a new language. Like, you're making that sacrifice of, okay, listen, like, you can do anything that I, you know, I've, I've talked yeah. about this before, too. You can do anything you want. You just can't do everything. So if I'm, you know, taking time to record this podcast tonight, I'm not getting in the length of workout that I usually do in a day because I am doing this. And that's okay because this is what I want to do and I'm here and I'm not thinking about the fact that I'm not working out right now. But if you, if you start to, to go into that loop of thought patterns where you're, you know, just constantly obsessed with what you are doing and what you're not doing, that's when it just becomes really negative um, and, and you're never going to do anything well. You said that very well. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, it's just all about being present in what you're doing and when you packed your schedule, it's really hard to not think about what you have next, you know, and then you lose that whole being in the moment. So, um, something that helps me is like every morning I choose three things that I need to get done. And, um, I of course always have like way more than three things to get done, but I choose my top three things that align with like you know, the bigger picture or sometimes smaller picture stuff, but just something that's important to me. And then if I can get those three things done, I can feel good about life. So even if, you know, I don't get to do what I originally planned in my schedule, like if I get those three things done, I'm happy, you know? Yeah. So that helps me. I love it. But yeah. Anything else? No, I mean, I think that pretty much wraps it. Again, like, with bad habits, one of the biggest thing is becoming aware that they are your tendencies. And, you know, it's not, like, a fix overnight. Like, obviously, always 
the first step is is being aware. Mm -hmm. Um, So if you have the tendency to overeat or you have the tendency to overpack your schedule or you are like a huge procrastinator, first step is just becoming aware of it and kind of realizing how it's negatively affecting you so that you are then motivated to make positive changes in your life and realizing that it's not going to be an overnight thing. You're not going to all of a sudden say like, wake up and be like, I'm not a procrastinator anymore. If that's like who you've been your entire life or, you know, if you, if you constantly fall into this habit, just start replacing the bad habits with good habits and those good habits slowly, you know, compile themselves onto each other. If you, if you want to quit something, like you, you want to quit sugar and you've had cookies every single day for, you know, your whole life, those first 7, 10, 12 days of not eating cookies is going to be really, really, really hard. But 365 days into not eating cookies, you're not even going to be thinking about cookies. Very true. I kind of want a cookie now. I kind of do too, but you know. <laughs> anyway. Gluten free, please. Gluten free cookie. Okay, Emily, why don't you lead off? I wanted to hear what you think the three common bad habits of riders are. Okay. So, in my experience, um, these are kind of like the biggest three things that I notice when I'm teaching. The first would have to be overthinking and like everybody does it. I do it, right? But at the end of the day, you need to get out of your head and just feel what's going on. Like, yes, there does need to be some thinking and you have to have an understanding of what you're doing. But at some point, riding, well, I shouldn't say at some point, riding is about feel. And when you're in your head, it's really hard to like get into your body and feel what's happening. So, um, that I always I've talked about this before like I try to pick a point in my body or on the horse like where my body connects with the horse so usually it's my calf like if I want to get out of my head and just get into the feel I think about my calf being on the horse and I really focus on that feeling and then that always brings me back and usually once I'm in the feel like it all happens right so Yeah, I'm actually really interested. So one of the courses that I get to take um, first for my doctoral program is going to be all about motor learning and performance. So I'm Mm -hmm. starting to breeze through that textbook. But it's really interesting, like, of going through phases of learning, I think really ties into overthinking. Like, if you're learning a new skill, take it back to, like, posting the trot. Like, you really, really have to think about what your body's doing to post the trot. Now, most of our listeners don't think about posting the trot anymore. Like, they've reached that point in their, um, not that the cleaning ladies are in the background. Yeah, um, that's why we're outside. Anyway, it's been a day. (laughs) Um, so, yeah, like, you know, you have to think deliberately about how your body's going to move, but once you get into this area of, I know this enough, I'm not thinking about it anymore, there's all sorts of systems going along that I'm going to learn more about, so I'll be able to expand more on this topic in the future. But again, you know, Emily, I know, talks a lot about when she's teaching, you know, people are so inside their heads, like, she wishes they could just, like, let go and Mm -hmm. ride, and at some point, you do have to do the deliberate, hey, I'm going to think about this, I'm going to think about the way my body's moving, but at some point, you just need to let go and ride. Yeah, definitely. So the second common bad habit is um, what I call turtling up. Which I mm. think is hilarious. Yeah, okay. um, Mel, if you're listening, you know what I'm talking about. Turtling up is something I literally, <laughs> in college one time, I like, I did not drink much. I was a kid, but I went to my friend's school and I went to a frat party, the one frat party that I went to drank jungle juice and I turtled up in the road I was like I don't want to walk anymore I just want to be a turtle and I I crawled into a ball in the middle of the road and said I'm a turtle I can't go any further and this is why and this is why I don't drink alcohol oh Oh, no no. what happened I've got low power battery uh-oh 
Do okay. we need to do something about it? No, I think it's going to be okay. okay. We're going to survive. Okay. So, anyway, let me just explain turtling up. Like, obviously, um, Tyler just explained her version. It's very similar. <laughs> um, so, when people get nervous, they tend to, like, curl, you know, like, almost fetal position-like. Um, and it's just, that's a natural response for your body, right? Like, danger, curl up, protect yourself. Um, but you really need to notice, thank you, Cole, um, when that happens and make yourself sit up and breathe into your position. Like, you're so much more effective and balanced and strong when you lift yourself up and put your leg on. Um, so... Yeah, just by creating that length in your body, that is going to be way more effective than curling into a ball or turtling up. Um, and then kind of going along with this turtling up is like when people get nervous, they tend to take their leg off of a horse. And especially like, we have a lot of noise going on here, some drag racing in the background. Oh, good. Um, anyway. So people tend to take the leg off when their horse gets nervous or hot, and that is the exact opposite of what you need to do. Like the horse wants to feel that you're there, and so even though it's counterintuitive to put your leg on a hot horse, like at least in our discipline, I would say most sport horse disciplines, like that's what you need to do. Is they want that support, they want that guidance. So um, I guess to combat this bad habit, I just encourage you guys to really stretch up into your position, wrap your leg around your horse, think you're giving it a hug, you know, and then you can kind of direct them through whatever you need. Oh, Cole's coming into the Instagram live. Say Hello, hi, Cole. say hi. Um, so yeah, I think that is that that's that I point. I mean, you've already talked about turtling up yeah, it's on your end. So. Turtle. Turtle time. Um, and then the third thing is lack of clarity. So horses really like very clear direction. They want a leader. Like, they're a pack animal, right? They um, want someone to, to show them what to do. So, and you... Like, even with people, like, are you really going to listen to someone who doesn't really know what they're talking about no. all the time, like, doesn't have a clear direction with their thoughts or their values or anything like that? Probably not, right? Um, but when you are around someone that's so clear on what they want and how they're going to get it, like, it's inspiring, right? So it's the same thing with the horses. And, um, you know, some things you can do is, before your ride, think about what you want to accomplish on your ride for that day. Um, but then I want to say on the flip side of that, you also still want to be flexible. So you want to be clear, but you also want to be flexible in the way that like there may be things out of your control that are happening like and you thought you were going to come into the arena and work on a lot of counter canner and flying changes. But maybe there's like 10 people in the arena and that's just not going to happen today. So you have to be flexible and adjust, but then you can give a clear redirection, right? right. right. So be clear, but then also realize what's happening in the moment and be able to, to go with that. Be water. That's yep. a, the Bruce Lee special that I haven't watched yet, but be that water. was like his whole thing, like be water. Water is fluid, but like it can also... I think water can, like, break through rocks or I mean, water when is it's powerful. Yeah. I used to love learning about the properties of water yeah. in science class, so. So. Um, anyway, so those are my three things. Overthinking, just feel it, okay? Um, turtling up, stretch into your position, um, lack of clarity, have a plan, know what you want. Easier said than done, yeah. folks. Horses <laughs> thrive on clear communication. Just remember that. So, Tyler, what are the three common bad habits when it comes to mindset? Okay, so one thing that um, a lot of people tend to do is make excuses, right? As soon as something is going wrong, you 
all of a sudden you list all of the things that, you know, oh, you know, the weather, my horse wasn't good today, something with the judge, X, Y, and Z happened because, you know, thing. So this is where the Navy SEAL concept of extreme ownership comes into play. Like, I want you guys to take responsibility. Even if things are not inside your control, you just have to accept that it is part of your control. Um, take, take responsibility for, you know, the fact that your horse had an abscess and it had three days off and you pulled everything together and you got to the show anyways and you had a bad dressage test. None of that stuff that happened matters. Like, own the moment, own your dressage test, learn from your mistakes, do it better next time. Um, and I think, like, focusing on what what matters is really important. Think about your long-term goals and, like, figuring things out instead of just, like, constantly saying things aren't going my way because of these certain things, um, which ties into my second bad habit of complaining. So even worse than making excuses is complaining about them. Um, it's just a very negative mindset to be in, to constantly be like, oh, woe is me, this is all happening to me, yeah. I'm not in control, I can't do this because of this, you know, and, and I think it, like, it does, there are a lot of things that can go bad in the horse world, especially that make it really easy to complain or make it really easy to, to make excuses. Yeah. But I think that it's really important, like, if you want to have a positive relationship with the sport and your horses and the people around you, to not complain about your circumstances. Yeah, you don't want to assume the role of victim, right? And, like, that's the excerpt that I read earlier. I think that explained it pretty well, is you should... If you just complain, you're a victim. If you take action and do something, like, you're part of the solution, right? So, yep. Um, and then I think the, the third really important mindset thing to consider is self-doubt. Um, a lot of times, you know, it's, it's hard to be really confident in what you know because there is kind of a stigma in society about being overly confident. And, like, while you don't want to push the ego and, you know have an open mind, be a lifelong learner, but also don't doubt yourself. Be confident enough to say, I know what I'm doing, um, and, and, you know, commit to it. And I think it ties into kind of Emily's, like, you know, idea of, like, someone who is overthinking something or turtling up or, or not, not really, like, taking control. Just realize that just because you have a lot to learn doesn't mean you can't be totally confident in where you are right now. And, yeah. and in being able to express yourself fully and confidently in where you are, you're going to learn all the more. Yeah. Um, and like, I'll just like, for example, um, not that a lot of our listeners can relate to this, but jujitsu is something that I find really easy to relate back to kind of these concepts because I would rather be, like, really confidently doing a move wrong than, like, kind of being, like, uncertain about it because it's a live combat sport, right? I'm grappling. There's someone, there might be someone who's 50 pounds bigger than me, like, you know, that I'm going against. And so if I'm tentative about it, I'm going to get, you know, easily trapped in bad situations but if I can confidently even if I'm confidently doing the wrong thing it's better than being you know in that constant self-doubt yeah. and you learn you learn yes um I think something that our listeners could probably relate more to <laughs> is if they're at a horse show and there's a lot of really well-known professionals in the warm-up um <laughs> Just losing some light back there. Um, so, train of thought, let's bring it back. So, you're in a warm-up. You're, like, an amateur, a young rider, even, like, a young professional, or even, like, me sometimes. I'm, like, looking at these other riders, and obviously they're amazing. And then 
you get into comparing a little bit and then you doubt yourself, right? Yeah. Sometimes. Yep. I mean, that, yeah, that yeah, happens, absolutely. Right? That's definitely the train. So you doubt yourself and then even though you know, are we still, what's going on? Okay. It just had a bad connection. Okay. So even though you're still, um, like you're confident, even if you're totally competent at the level you're riding, when you start to compare and doubt yourself, like you're not going to ride as well. Right. But you have, Yes. Yeah. I'm trying to like bring it around. A little bit fake it till you make it. A little bit like, hey, we're gonna learn a lot. Um, I don't know. Just don't uh, don't overthink it. Don't overthink (laughs) it. Just feel it. Boom. Boom. Okay. So making excuses, complaining, self doubt, bad habits you don't want to fall into. Okay. Listener, listener questions? Listener question time. Um, we have some that people previously sent us, but if you guys are watching and have some questions, feel free to comment. So, um, our first question is, how to best maintain a young horse's ground manners when hand grazing and they get excited? And um, for me, the biggest thing I like to teach is the head down cue. So, when you pull on the rope they should drop their pull down and like that just kind of releases some of the tension um you obviously have to train them to do this but um that is helpful um and then also like when you're out leading them around make them do transitions don't just let them like walk and walk all over you make them stop make them walk a step stop again back a step trot you know it doesn't matter just like make them have to focus on you and again, it's that clear leadership. So um, just showing them that you're in control, in charge, I guess, yeah. you know? Yeah. And um, typically that will help when they get excited. Then they'll turn to you for some guidance. So, and um, other thing, you should always have a long lead rope on when you're hand grazing a young horse because you don't want to let them go. Like I've had, I've been grazing I should touch some wood. Like, I haven't actually lost a horse hand grazing, but it's come close if you have a short rope. Like, with a long rope, you can stay with them. So, pro tip. I've lost horses hand grazing. <laughs> I had to let one go at Great Meadow. <laughs> oh, I think I remember that. I, I, was, I saw that. Um, I got him. I caught him. Yeah. It was fine. Um... Uh, the the head down thing, uh, Jenny actually teaches our horses a snap above the head uh-huh. to head down, and so it's pretty magical, like, uh, Stella Artois knows it, so if she's being, like, really, like, she gets into this, like, puffed up, like, I'm gonna be dragon. this big dragon phase, you snap above her head, she puts her head down, and she, like, becomes a different animal, so that's yeah. pretty magical. I don't know I how to train tried, it, I but... haven't tried the snap yet. Well, usually you, like, start by just putting your hand on top of their yeah. pole until they drop it and then you take it off and and then when you have the halter on and you pull the rope like you so. should add the snap the add snap the is snap. magic there we go okay um next listener question refers to kind of along the lines of the same thing it says in hand manners i'm bad at staying consistent with ground manners he's an already an in your pocket type of horse so he's already predisposed to wanting to be close to me I don't take necessary time to address this because most of the time I'm in such a time constraint at the barn that I just want to get um, in the saddle. And so, um, we got 10%, hold on. We'll be gonna, we'll survive. Um, hopefully, my phone has 10% battery, so, so if my Instagram live dies before this episode, um, you can catch the end on our recording. But um, anyways... Okay, so as far as you're in hand manners, you're in your pocket horse, anything that you're doing on the ground is going to affect how your horse is in the saddle. So by not addressing the issue, you're going to be affecting your riding. 
Um, and this is something that Jenny and I talk about all the time. She'll see me working with a horse on the ground and say, hey, that's exactly how that horse acts while I ride it. So I need you to, you know, address the issue for me on the ground as much as you can so that it's better when she goes to ride it because, you know, everything that you do trains a horse. So I understand you're under a time constraint. I understand you just want to get in the saddle, but you might be negatively affecting your time in the saddle, but by not taking that extra step to address these issues on the ground and, you know, it's like Emily talked about with doing lots of transitions, you know, make the personal space bubble. Don't like make the horse respect the boundaries because I mean, that's going to be a huge, you know, that transfers trans to transfer for, for sure. sure. And, you know, pay attention to your body language. That's really big. Um, okay, so, like, a bossy horse will try to take over the ride. Yeah, exactly. I think, like, yeah. for my example, Stella Artois, um, she sometimes just, like, barrels through Jenny, like, when she's trying to ride her. She's like, it's really hard because she gets all strong and she gets pulling and she pulls me all over the ground sometimes. So I have to, like, really, really be diligent about, like, not letting her boss me around on the ground she like does that thing with her shoulders where she just like becomes a bully in barrels and yeah. she she does the same thing under saddle so yeah um cool so non-horse related this is another question <laughs> different question i have a sweet tooth I've been tackling this by only allowing myself one, maybe two sweets a day, and I've started baking healthier sweets. Bars, cookies, or breads with less sugar, or that are made with honey or maple syrup. I pretty much live off the Ambitious Kitchen website as she offers alternative recipes for treats, also focusing on using bananas and peanut butter so I can get more out of my baked goods. It's a work in pro progress, but has been working well. Now, if I eat something super sugary, I find that I don't feel great after eating it. Okay, again, I think, like, this person sounds like they're they're on the right track, right? Um, none of us are perfect. Again, not something that I'm perfect about either. Um, my best advice is to appreciate the process. Um, saying I'm not going to ever have sweets again ever for someone who really enjoys having sweets in their life is probably going to create this pressure situation where you're like, I'm going to like do this thing and I, I'm never going to have any sweet. And then all of a sudden you're going to put your, put so much pressure on yourself that you're going to way overeat sweets. Um, and actually getting this question reminded me of one of my 20 goals for 2020, um, that I haven't really been good about sticking to. Um, it was to eat dessert once a week because I, I am kind of the person who will try to be like, I'm never going to eat sweets again, or like, I'm going to drink this six pound milkshake. Uh, you're just an extreme. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I'm definitely just... like on, on the ends of the extreme. So I thought like having a goal of like, Hey, like I'm just going to eat dessert once a week. It's not going to kill me. I should enjoy it. Um, and then like, you know, not stress out about like overeating or undereating or, you know, doing any of that. Um, you know, kind of finding balance, which is that elusive word to all of us in our lives. Um, but don't judge yourself. You find that like once you start eating healthier, your taste will change. Like I used to hate dark chocolate, but dark chocolate actually is like pretty. Um... <laughs> okay, the lady's trying to clean the screen. And Cole, Cole. it's okay, Cole. Um, I don't know where I was going. going. Oh yeah, so dark chocolate. Now I love dark chocolate. Dark yes. chocolates are perfectly healthy sweet option that's not actually that sweet because it's yeah. dark chocolate but you know it's got um all sorts of health benefits to that and like fresh fruit like if you mm. if you don't eat like a donut for breakfast every morning i like a bowl of strawberries tastes oh. like candy to me oh it's amazing uh, raspberries yeah come on I like just, after this i have some raspberries and blueberries for us treat yourself yeah yeah so also, you said dates. Yes, dates. Are fantastic, dates are fantastic. I agree. agree. I love those. Find the balance. Um, you know, live your life, but yeah. don't, you know, if you start gaining weight because of how much sugar you're eating, probably time to reevaluate. But yeah. But anyway. Um, all right. So another question is uh, 
looking down when riding, which isn't a question, that's a statement, but anyway, um, I think I must be in love with my horses. Okay. All right. Sorry. Our Facebook live ended, but hold on. We'll be back. If not, just listen to this recording. So I think I must be in love with my horse's adorable donkey ears because that's where my eyes are all the time. Every dressage judge tells me this too. If I could invent some type of device that would jolt me every time I look down, maybe I could break this habit. Also sitting up straighter, better posture, maybe <laughs> then she has in parentheses, maybe two jolting devices, one for head and one for back. Or maybe you have a better idea. Um, I actually do have a better idea. And um, so for the looking down, what I would try to do is visualize a line up and out in front of you exactly where you want to go. So like just kind of draw a line with your eye, try to keep it out in front of you, not looking at your horse's adorable donkey ears. Um, and also, you know, common tendency, when you look down, you're gonna roll, curl your shoulders, so you're not gonna sit up straight. So when you're properly sitting up with your shoulders back, it's hard to look down. Um, if you don't believe me, just try it. Um, like, when your shoulders are back, you can't look down without kind of curling your shoulders. So, um, also, tucking your seat underneath you helps uh, to check in with your shoulders, too. When you tuck your seat under, that's going to help you sit up as well. Uh, and I always say to roll your shoulders up, then back, then down, and that'll put you right where you need to be. And when you do that, it's easier to engage your core and keeping your belly button kind of pulled towards your spine will also help with that strengthen your position. Okay, what about um, the, our listener that pulls their left rein as their bad habit? Her, yeah. Her trainer wants to cut off her left arm, she thinks. Okay, so what I would say is focus on trying to have even pressure in both reins. Uh, oftentimes... When you or your horse is heavier on one rein, it's because you're not making contact with the other. Um, so, you know, and it's always like chicken or the egg. Are you pulling because your horse is pulling or is your horse pulling because you're pulling? doesn't really matter at the end of the day. What matters is getting that connection even. So really thinking about taking the right rein um, and making yourself and your horse connect with it will allow you to loosen the left. But if you don't have anything in the right rein, like, you can't give the left. Right. You know? So that's always my little trick. Um, and also make sure that you're using your left leg, because oftentimes we go to the hand when our leg gets lazy. So, or if the horse is, like, worse listening to that leg. So make sure that your left leg is effective and that you're pushing them, again, to that opposite rein. Oh, so. All right. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So um, our last segment of the episode, as always, is actionable advice. And our actionable advice for this episode um, is going to be surrounding our bad habit of having the habit of complaining. Um, so if you are someone who tends to complain a lot, something that you can do is wear a little rubber band or like a snappy elastic around your wrist. And every time that you notice yourself complaining, just give yourself a little snap. Um, it sounds like a little bit uh, old school. I don't know. But just like it's, it's all about awareness, bringing attention to that bad habit and kind of like letting yourself, uh, you know, become aware of it. I like it. It's so simple but probably super effective. I think we should do it for the next week, Emily. Okay, sure. Just find me a rubber band. All right. Uh, well, you don't have <laughs> don't one have around your hair, right but like a hair tie would work, I, I think. that would work. <laughs> um, what's next, Emily? Well, we have a clinic in Green Bay, Wisconsin, September 12th and 13th. And it's being held at North Star Equestrian at Greenfield Farm. So we are really looking forward to that. That'll be our second whole equestrian clinic. We were hoping to do more, but, you know, travel is what it is at the moment. Yeah. So um, 
that's that. But we are going to Wisconsin again. Got a good base there. Yeah. So. Um, we're still looking for more experts to have on the show about, you know, all things mindset, fitness, nutrition, community, especially as they relate to ourselves and our horses. So if you have any suggestions, please reach out to us. We're always available on social media. We check our Instagram, our Facebook account. We also have uh, email, thewholeequestrian at gmail.com. Be sure you're checking out my blog posts. Um, that's at thewholeequestrian.com. Um, I think it's like forward slash blog or, you know, just, just check us out there. Cause I've been writing a few, you know, one post a month, like I said, um, and you know, all of our information can be found on that website, links to the show, everything like that. Great. So we hope that this helps you understand your bad habits and also ways that you might be able to combat them. Um, another thing that you can do on social media is give us some feedback. We love to hear your thoughts. We love to, you know, make things better. Whatever topics you want us to talk about, address, or... We know, are open to suggestions. Open. So. so. And, you know, if you also want to give us a five-star review at any point, we would love it. So. Share right. it with your friends also. Yeah. All the good things. Um, so anyway, thanks so much for listening and tuning in on Instagram Live. Go on, Tyler. <laughs> We're here bridging the gap between riding and wellness. And in the meantime, enjoy the ride.